didn't have no younger generation. You'd never see an older generation. Amen. That's what it takes to build a church. It is good to be here this morning, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've been down for about four days now. This old arm's locked up. About drove me crazy. Y'all pray that they'll call me this week and tell me to get down there and do whatever they need to do and get this shoulder took care of. My back went out the other day and these allergies is about kill me and but I'm still alive and still still going. If you have your Bibles this morning, look at me in Psalms chapter fifty eight. Chapter seventy eight, I'm sorry. Psalm seventy eight. When you find it, stand with us this morning as we read it, and we'll probably be reading quite a bit because I don't want my throat to hold out to preach long this morning. But how many believe God is still God this morning? Amen. How many believe if we need to know the Bible history in the past? How many believe we need to know that history? That's what we're going to be in this morning. But look with me in Psalm chapter 78. And I said I'll probably read quite a bit, and then you can get the, as we go along, just listen as I read here, and you will sort of get some idea of where we're going this morning. It said, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. What was God saying here to the people? He said, listen with your ears to what I am going to say. How many believe we need to listen to God this morning? Amen. He said, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their what? To their children, that the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Verse 7 that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. It might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk and his law, and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Tell Franklin, ask a blessing. 
Amen. When I got up this morning, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who I was going to make it or who I wasn't going to make it here this morning. Then the calls started coming in, one teacher after the other. And my wife told me when we finally got ready to come over here, she said, we got up earlier enough. She said, it just seems like we can't get going this morning. But uh, as I was taking a shower and I praying and thinking and and. And I just thought, God, I can't do this this morning. I, I'm not, I just can't do it, God. I don't feel like doing it. And then I remembered the scriptures. It's good to know the scriptures this morning. Hey, man. It's good to remember the scripture this morning. And it was just like God spoke to me and he said, You remember, I am your help. I am your strength. So I said, God, I have to depend upon you. And I depend upon God every time I get in behind the sacred desk because I know that I can do nothing this morning without God. I know this morning that we can do nothing without God. And we need to make God the first resource in our life. And as I was sitting there yesterday and I was reading and I came upon this chapter here and I began to read it and I began to think upon what it was all about and it was about a reminder of God's goodness to Israel. It's, this scripture is a reminder of how good God was to Israel. And you know, we're serving the same God today that Israel served. But you know, these laws and these commandments today is for us just as it was for them. They're not serving one God and we're serving another God. We're serving the same God today. And as I began to look at it, as I began to think about it, and I went back in time, back in history, just to see where we was at today in history. Now, back in history at this time, God was reminding Israel of how good that he had been to them. And he said to them, he said, you need to remember... He said, and give ear, people, to my laws or my commandments and listen with your ears what I have to say with my mouth. In other words, I believe God is saying to us today that we need to listen to what he's saying. I believe today that is Israel paid the price back in their day because they rebelled against God. And the Bible said it, in verse 4, it said, We will not hide them from their children, showing the generations to come three things here, His praises, His strength, and His works. Well, Brother Dean, what he was saying to there is still goes true today. 
we need to bring our children up. We need our young people, which we've got a good bunch of children. We've got a good bunch of young people. And so we need to listen to what God said to Israel, and we need to listen to what God is saying to us today, and we need to be a preaching the Word, teaching the Word of truth, uh, and bringing these young people, bringing their children up in the ways of the Lord uh, so that they will know when we have passed and gone on. Now, God told Israel, uh, he said to put the words in their heart uh, that they will remember me after we're gone. Uh, and so we need today uh, to be putting the word of God uh, in our children today, uh, in our grandchildren today, uh, in our young generation today. Uh, we need to be uh, teaching them the history uh, that God told Israel uh, and God is telling us to do uh, the same thing today. Uh, that is preach the truth, uh, teach the truth. Uh, and I'm a reminder of what David said. Uh, uh, David said, Thy word, O Lord, uh, have I hid in my heart uh, that I might not sin uh, against thee. Uh, we need to be a teaching our children today uh, what sin is uh, because we're living uh, in a time and in a world today uh, that friends according uh, to the way the world is uh, going uh, and what the world is teaching them uh, as if it feels good uh, then do it amen <laughs> but he said God told them he said uh, Showing generations to come, show them the praises of God, show them the strength of God, and tell them the wonderful works that I've done for you, and therefore I will do it for them if you will follow my laws, and if we will follow the laws of God, then we're going to be a blessed people, amen. Blessed is the nation that fear the Lord. He said in verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers uh, that they should make them known uh, to their children. Church, let me tell you something. This morning, uh, God has set in our hearts the laws uh, that he uh, know that, uh, that we are going to have to follow and we're not going to only have to follow these laws and keep these laws uh, as our elders in this church, uh, but we're going to have to teach them to these young people so they will know uh, and when they grow up and they have children and God said put it in their hearts that they will remember uh, generation after generation uh, and we need to be a teaching it in our next generation uh, so that they can teach it in the next generation and the next and the next as long as time lasted. Uh, but I'm afraid in America today uh, we're becoming a third world country. Uh, we're just like Israel was back when God talked to them uh, and poured out his wrath on them. Uh, we have turned our back uh, on the living God this morning. Morning. Just hold on and we'll preach here in a little bit. He said in verse 6, 
that the generations till come, you young people listening to me this morning, that the generations till come, oh, they're listening. Don't be looking around at them. I ain't guilty in it. <laughs> that the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. See, he is saying, I want generation after generation after generation to know what my laws is, uh, and we need to teach generation after generation, Paul after generation, so that we will be a strong people, amen. So that our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, Lord, will grow up uh, and be nurtured in the ways of the Lord, amen. We don't need to be teaching them all this stuff about the world. You say, well, how will they know about the world? Don't worry, they know about it without us telling them in the world that we grow up in. I've seen little 10, 11, 12-year-old kids know more than a lot of adults does today about things that's going on in the world. But we need to teach them. In verse 7, he said, and we need to declare them to their children, why? That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandment. That they might set their hope where this morning? And I read that and I thought today in the world, Brother Lord, that we're living in, where is the hope of most people at today? Where, what is their whole heart hoping for today? What kind of world are we living in today? Who are we depending upon here today? And I got to thinking about that. Now this ain't going to go over too well out there with some people. But I really don't care. The truth is the truth, hey man. And the Bible will tell us that if we will know and do the truth, the truth will set us free. Now, if I hid what God just said to me, just now said to me, and I didn't share it with you, then I'm going to be held responsible for it. So those of you listening on Facebook, if you don't want to hear it, you better shut me off right now. But you can't because you're just like the old cat. You're curious. I want you to look at that verse there. It said that, let me read verse 6 and then get verse 7. It said that the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children uh, that they might set their hope in God uh, and not forget the works of God, uh, but keep His commandments. Uh, when I read that and I got to thinking about it, and I thought, God, what are you saying? And God revealed to me uh, what He was saying and what come over me uh, uh, this morning. Uh, where are we uh, teaching uh, our families? Where are we teaching our children at? Uh, where is this nation being taught at uh, to put their hope in? Uh, I'm going to tell you, my friend, uh, the majority, hey, somebody help me here, say so more, they is more people today uh, that's putting their hope uh, in their government uh, than they are in God this morning. 
They're putting more hope in their government than they are in their creator today. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you what. There's a lot of people out there, and you're not going to like this. And again, I don't care. But there's so many people out there today that are depending on their government, hey, man, to make them a living. We've got into a nation today that we have went so far from God that work is a sin to a lot of people. It seems like nobody wants to work. But my Bible tells me if you don't work, Brother Lee, then you shouldn't be able to eat. They're depending upon our government. I've heard people say, boy, our government today is really good. We don't have to work. They're paying us not to work. Everything is free. Everybody's wanting something free. But i got news for you people. You better listen to me. It's just a trap of our government. It's just a trap of Satan here today because the old saying is true. Nothing is free. There's going to come a payday. Oh, you may be getting a check in the mail today for not having to work. You may be getting the food stamps today not having to work. I mean, all these free stuff they're giving right now. And I told somebody, I said, I don't blame some people for not working when they don't have to. But they need to understand there's coming a payday. Nothing is free. And we're going to pay for what's happening today. We're going to pay for it. And I'll tell you who's going to pay for it. You young generation right there. He said, I'll feed my people in the day of famine. Amen. The rest may starve to death, but I'll feed my children in the day of famine. He said, we may teach them, Tracy, that they may have hope in God. If we don't have hope in God today, then we don't have any hope at all. Amen. Payday is coming someday. And I'm afraid it's not going to be too far off if God don't change this country back to the way that where it used to be at. We have forsaken the Lord thy God. We have taught our children things that is wrong knowing that they was wrong. We have taught our children, oh, get a good education, get a good job, get a good retirement. I understand there's nothing wrong with that. But it is wrong when you teach your children to put all these other things first in their life instead of putting God first in their life. If they make God first in their life, then I'm going to tell you God will supply your every need. How do you know? Because for Philippians chapter 4 19, what did Paul say? He said, my God shall supply all of your needs uh, according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus uh, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now let me say something. I know that there's people out there, millions of people out there that need help in this world. Uh, 
There's a lot of people out there that's old and sick and, and young people as well that is not able to work. I'm not preaching again helping them out. I'm just preaching against this young generation is able to work and won't work because the governor keeps them up. And they, it's got so that they depend on the government more than they depend on God. That's a bad state to get in, church. You may be the only bunch of young people hearing this this morning, but don't be afraid to work. Don't be afraid to work. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Thank you, Brother Mike. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> so that they might set their hope in God and not, for, and not forget the works of God. How many believe this morning that we've forgotten the works of God? Now, these young generation don't know this. But when us older people were growing up and we was going to church, let me ask you this. I'm talking to the elders because you young ones don't know anything about it. Have you seen a change in the past 20 years? How many have seen the past in the old generation? How many see that for the most part, the change has been worse than it has better? You say, well, Brother Ralph, you've got a big crowd for a country church. St. John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, you will do what? If you love me, church, God said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you will keep my commandments, uh, Brother Danny, he said, I'll bless you. Amen. He said, I'll bless you coming in. Uh, Sue, he said, I'll bless you going out. Uh, we are a blessed church this morning. Uh, God blesses us coming in. God blesses us going out. And I believe we need to grab up and give God a great big hand of praise uh, for what he's done for us. Let's stand up and give God a praise this morning. Hallelujah. He has blessed us abundantly this morning. He has blessed our children. Hallelujah. Glory be the name of the Lord. Now here comes some warning. It might not be as their fathers, Israel's fathers were, a stubborn and a rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Not serious. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. Why? Listen to verse 10. They, because they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in God's law or in God's way. Ephraim was one of the strongest armies during Israel's time uh, that there was. The Bible, I just read here what God said. He said, 
They turned and walked away. They ran from the enemy. Why? It wasn't that they didn't have the, enough manpower. It wasn't enough, uh, Marty, that they didn't have the equipment to destroy the army to, uh, because they was of God's people. Uh, it wasn't that they lacked anything. Uh, uh, it was the reason that they could not defeat the army, but the reason they could not defeat the army because uh, they had separated themselves from God. The Bible said uh, right there they forgot the works uh, and his wonders that he had showed them. They refused to walk in his way. So what had happened any time that we start putting our trust uh, in something else or somebody else, uh, well, instead of putting our trust in all in God, Brother Dean, uh, we're going to get into trouble. Amen. We're going to get into trouble. And we need to understand that. And we need to understand that we need to put God first in our life. And if we put God first in our life, then we're going to try our best to get our kids to do the same so that they can get their kids to do the same. And generation after generation has taught that we need to keep God in our hearts and in our life and follow His commandments. Every generation, my friend, is going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. But every generation that don't do that is not going to be blessed. Israel was blessed until they've forsaken the Lord of God. You say, well, just how good? You go back up there and, and verse, uh, verse uh, 4 there, it said, and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. And he's talking, about, talking to Israel and talking about Israel, and, and he was reminding, he was reminding them how good that God had been to them. And he brought back, you know, sometimes, we need to just stop and remember how good God has been to us. Sometimes we forget, don't we? It said in verse 11, And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. We've forgotten God's works. Verse 12, Marvelous thing did he in the sight of the fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zion. He listened to what he done. He said to verse 13, He said, He divided the sea and called them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. What did God do for Israel? You remember when they was in bondage down in Egypt to Pharaoh? You remember, God, what happened there to show you how good God is to, was to Israel and how good he is to us? You remember old Moses, he had killed one of the Egyptians where he raised him, and he fleed for his life. You remember he went down there somewhere and he married him a woman uh, and uh, he went up on a mountain there uh, uh, to, to tend uh, uh, cattle uh, for his father-in-law, Jethro, I believe was his name. Uh, you remember what happened up there, Brother Lee? Uh, while he was up there, the Bible said he was up there on the mountain alone. Uh, that's what somebody said one time, but I thought, no, he wasn't alone. Uh, if you know God, you're never alone. Hey, man. Uh, and there he was up on that mountain uh, minding his own business, so to speak, uh, uh, watching his father-in-law's cattle. Uh, and the Bible said all at once uh, he heard somebody speaking and he looked uh, and behold, a bush was on fire. It was on fire, but he said he looked and it wasn't being consumed up. How would you like to have been there? I don't know about you, but I've seen how fast I got off that mountain. 
what Moses wondered, and the Bible said he got closer to it to see what was going on. He was just like the old curious cat, wasn't he? And he got there, and the Bible said the voice came out of that burning bush. And he said, Moses, he said, take your shoes off because you're on holy ground. When we come through them doors back there, we're on holy ground. When we drive in that parking lot, we're on holy ground. He said, Moses, take your shoes off. And he told Moses, he said, Moses, he said, go down to Pharaoh and tell him to turn my children loose. Tell him to turn them loose. I'm going to paraphrase here to go on with the story. And if he don't turn them loose, he's going to pay for it. Moses began to make excuses just like we make excuses sometimes why we can't go to church, why we can't do this. Oh, Lord, God, no, God, I can't, I can't speak plain. I don't know where you had a stuttering speech or what. He said, I can't speak plain. But you know, God's got a, God's got an answer for everything that we go through. And he said, Moses, don't worry. He said, your brother Aaron, he'll be on the way. He'll meet you. So I'll tell you to tell Aaron what I want Pharaoh to know. Moses couldn't get out of it. Moses said, well, God said, who shall I tell Pharaoh that sent me? <laughs> I like that part of it. I ain't read that for a long time. He said, you tell Pharaoh that I am sent, sent you. Amen. I am meaning I am the Lord thy God. I am God Jehovah. You tell him that I the one sent you, and he had better listen. And you know all the stories. There he went down and Pharaoh said, I ain't going to turn them loose. And he wouldn't turn them loose. You remember the plague that he put on Pharaoh? Frogs, flies, all sorts of things. Destroyed his country there. Because Pharaoh was stubborn, he wouldn't turn them loose. But it got to the point that old Pharaoh had to give in. And he told Moses, he said, get them out of here. And Moses got them out. He didn't even take them out of where they'd been slavery for years at. For when he led them out, he led them out rich people. They give them gold, they give them silver, they give them cattle, they give them everything, they give them money just to get rid of them. And after God set them free, they got down to the old sea. You remember what happened? Pharaoh changed his mind. When God tells you something to do, you better do it. And you better not think about it and change your mind. And the Bible said that Pharaoh changed his mind, and the people looked, and they seen the great army of Pharaoh coming, a horse's chariot. Men of war. And they began to grumble and gripe. They said, oh, God, we have messed up now. Moses, what have you got us into? See, they put their trust in Moses more than they did God. said, what have you got us into? They said, surely we're going to be killed. 
And the Bible said, what was it, a fire or something came between them and the people in front of them, and the sea was behind them. The Bible said Moses just stretched out his rod across the river. You see, and the Bible said the waters rolled back just like two big long rolls of water. Somebody said, oh, said it wasn't that deep there. I said, well, he done a great miracle then if it wasn't knee deep by drowning all them men and all their horses in a shallow hole of water. And the Bible said he went across. And the Bible said old Pharaoh and his army started across and God let the water loose and it drowned them all. So let's go on here a little bit further before we close. So he led them across the sea. In the daytime, he also led them by the cloud and all the night by with a light fire. He claimed the rocks in the wilderness when they began to claim it. There's no water. They was thirsty and gave them drink as out of the great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for the love. Let me tell you, church, we do not need to test God. Amen. We don't need to test him. We'll pay a price. When we start doubting God, we're going to pay a price. So God done all of this. He gave them fire by night. He gave them a cloud by day. And then you go on and you find that he, they, they just, the more that God gave them, the more griping they done. Does that remind us of anybody? The more we get, the more we want. Amen. That's the world that we live in today. Let's be serious. The world that we're living in today, the more we get, the more we want. And they tempted God. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table or food in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. And I'm going to close here this morning. Uh, and we go ahead and you find that they just griped and griped and said, we need meat to eat. We're tired of bread. We need meat. And he sent a quail just for the millions of thousands of them. And I forget how deep it was upon the land there. And they ate and ate and ate and they was filled. Uh, but still they were not satisfied.